whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. BSEA Whiskey Underground. We are here tonight in the secret speakeasy to relax and enjoy one of the finest man-made creations on earth, whiskey. Brant, I did that from memory. That's pretty good because uh, we've had quite a few days off. We have. In the, in the speakeasy. The good I- news is, Jeeves is back. <laughs> I knew he'd come back. Yeah, you knew he'd come back. The benefits were too good, right? Yeah, yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't stay away for too long. Just the whisk, just the booze alone was enough to come back to come back for. But I, I'm Look. so happy, so long overdue to be back here, having a couple drams, hanging out, talking booze. Excited. It's, it's been too long of a hiatus, and uh, hopefully we won't we won't stay long, uh, stay far away from you guys for that long again. Um, we're back, like we said, and it's time to drink some whiskey. Uh, we have we have kind of gone over our one year anniversary. Uh, we, we meant to do one of these a month, but we, we got a little backtracked uh, uh, the last couple of months. So uh, we wanted to bring to you episode number uh, technically this is number eleven of our twelve BSEA whiskey uh, underground tie-ins with the SEA podcast. So we have two more left. This one and, and next month will be the last one that we we ever do with this tie-in. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. It's kind of what sparked. The, uh, the idea of doing this whiskey society um, because Scott and I obviously have a big love for Disney and uh, the Adventures the Adventures Club is something that's kind of I, I, I just feel like it t- lends itself to whiskey and whiskey and scotch bourbon all, all that just the kind of vibe of it so it kind of was the, the idea that sparked it but man we're, we're growing we have Facebook group Definitely come yep. come join us on the Facebook group. Members are joining every day. It seems like more people are posting, more people people are reviewing, uh, finding hidden gems. So Facebook groups grow and all that. So with that, you know the show's got to grow and go on to the next chapter um, for the next year. Yeah, and and what we'll do on the next chapter is more of like an educational series on bourbon, not just tasting, reviewing it, but we'll uh, we'll tie in some shows where you know one week we'll, or one month we'll talk about uh, the distillation process and and we'll talk about some different distillations, uh, triple pot still, uh, column still, coffee still. There's so much uh, that science that goes into whiskey. Essentially, it's all chemistry, anyways. But so much science that goes into it, and so much. Uh, background that people don't remember when they're you know sitting back relaxing and uh, drinking some some whiskey yeah and all that plays into why things taste the way they taste and you know we'll, we'll better talk about that um, yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk about mash yeah. bills we'll talk about yeast strains yeah uh, i know one of your favorites uh, four roses has like 10 different yeast strains they use yeah the, um and I, I that's one that i wish i could go and find all those bottles but it's Easier said than, than done, but yeah, Four Roses is great. That's one of the more recent finds is that non-chill filtered single barrel that is absolutely amazing, which I'm getting low on. So I'm going to need to get Shan or C-Mash to, <laughs> to, to procure me another bottle. It's coming sure. nationwide soon. Hopefully. Uh, so tonight we wanted to drink uh, a couple of a uh, couple of interesting whiskeys. Now, uh, the, the member this week that we're talking about is... Uh, Dr. J.L. Batterista, and he's uh, inspired actually by one of the heads of Walt Disney Imagineering, one of the creative directors of Walt Disney Imagineering, Senior Vice President uh, Joe Lanzacero. Or Lanzacero. Uh, Joe Lanzacero uh, was the Senior Vice President of Walt Disney Imagineering for a long time. Uh, you can actually find the picture of J.L. Batterista on, uh, on the walls at Mystic Manor in uh, Disney Hong Kong. Uh, now, 
not too much is known about uh, Dr. Batterista. He is, a, he is a member of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. He's a close friend of Lord Henry Mystic, which we talked uh, way back on. We talked about him way back on, what, episode like three, I think. He was one of the first. Couldn't, couldn't tell you, Scott. You're the whiz, you're the whiz at the, uh, the episodes. Yeah, it was, uh, it was episode three where we talked about uh, Monkey Shoulder because Lord Henry Mystic had his monkey. Uh, pet monkey. Yep, okay, now I'm And I'm uh, Glenn Fittick 14 bourbon cask, which was really good. Yes. I remember we really liked that one. Yeah, absolutely. Glenn Fittick uh, in, in general, I think we've had a couple times and, and just liked it all the way around, except for that one. Yeah, that 1963. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> one particular one. Um, it tastes like green grassy water. Yeah. So, uh, so Dr. Batterista did have his ex- exploration in 1906 when he traversed the Congo River. So you can find some uh, some nods to him over at uh, at uh, Mystic Manor and also at the Skipper's Canteen. You can find some books by him uh, talking about his travels around the Congo. Uh, and then, of course, you can find his picture on the walls at the uh, at the Skipper's Canteen. Is uh, the group photo of the original SEA. Very, very uh, cool. So, th- you know, in, in, in a nod to uh, Butterista, who is, who is, uh, I guess his inspiration was the head of Walt Disney Creative, uh, we decided to get into some really creative whiskeys. Now, th- these, are, these are ones where there's a story behind them, where there's a, a history behind them, but making them is kind of a creative way that they, they do this. So, uh, the first one we're going to be drinking tonight is, uh, what do you want to try first? What do you want to pull off the shelf first? Um, man, let's, let's do the... The river, the river floated whiskey. All right. All so the, the first one we're going to try is a whiskey called Original Mississippi Floated Whiskey. Yep. So this one's kind of cool, uh, Scott. Obviously, when we picked this one because of the tie-in with the whole river exploration and then the, the, the Mississippi floated whiskey. But this um, is really close to me because it's actually bottled in Baton Rouge. So the only whiskey right now that's uh, bottled in Baton Rouge. Well, I say that. Recently, this has gone out of production. I don't know if, really? it's, temp- if it's temporarily out of production um, or, or what the cause is, but um, it's temporarily out of production. And it's also produced um, by Caneland. Um, Caneland is a pretty new distillery that's in Baton Rouge. Um, they're making all of their rum products. So they have a silver rum, a spiced rum, a couple different things. They also recently flipped and changed their name. They'll now go by Three Roll Estates. Um, it's kind of a, a regional product, um, kind of like the Palm Ridge. You know, it's a, I don't know if it's something that you'll see all over the country, but if you see Caneland, that's the old label. The new label is, is Three Roll. Don't know why, but the only product that they made that didn't—it has the Caneland label on the back of the bottle for this one. This is like a 2017 bottle, but the front is called OMFW, Original Mississippi Floated Whiskey. Very simple bottle, very super, simple labeling too. Super simple label, yeah. And uh, so the story behind this is, from what I gathered, I think this is—it's it's bought. It's Dickel Juice, from what I know, but it's a true bourbon mash bill. Um, that was bought, and they literally um, barreled it up, bought it in barrels, put it on the put it on flat bottom barges, and it took basically an 1,100 mile journey um, from the Kentucky Tennessee border all the way to New Orleans on the Mississippi River. So probably not as long and crazy as your oceans, Jefferson, but the same mm-hmm. idea, right? It's on it's on a boat that's got some. I guess movement, uh, movement, water, heat. and you know, got some more moisture in the air, being on the river, and then yeah. changing, changing climate and altitude, coming from Kentucky down to Louisiana. So just pretty, pretty different. The crazy thing about this is, is when it gets to New Orleans, trucked off, brought to Baton Rouge, they bought three four thousand gallon vats from Remy Martin. That mm-hmm. hundred-year-old cognac bats that pro- bats that probably had, you know, Louis Thirteenth or whatever in it. These things were massive. I actually I got to go to the store and see it. But they basically did kind of a Solera method with these, where it was half full. They brought in juice and it was con- constantly, uh, you know, batched and added to this vat. 
out and then bottled out the out the bottom. So it kind of has some of that cognac yak finish, uh, which is pretty cool. So yeah, it, so it starts it starts in Kentucky. It floats down first the Ohio River, and then that flows in the Mississippi River, which then flows all the way down to uh, to New Orleans. Yep, and it's dropped off at the port of uh, at the port of New Orleans. And then uh, trucked up to, uh, trucked up yeah, to Baton Rouge. Pretty crazy. Which I don't know. I guess we don't really have a big enough port to to justify them. Yeah, probably here, not. I don't know why it didn't just come all the way to Baton come all the way to Baton Rouge, <laughs> but um, or stop in Baton Rouge. Actually, it yeah. passed Baton Rouge before it got to New Orleans. It's it's kind of cool because it takes it takes approximately two and a half months for them to float this down because uh, they do it kind of old school style, and, and you know. Obviously, everyone you know, you know, they've got powered boats now. You could do the, you could do the Mississippi River in, you know, less than three, uh, less than two weeks on a on a boat. But, but they they take it down slowly and stop off at ports and bring it up and down yep. the river and make sure that it gets uh, well seasoned. Yep. Pretty, right, so I'm gonna, pretty let's unique. Crack yeah. some of this open here. Give me a pour there. Nice corked bottle, really tall. This reminds me of an E.H. Taylor bottle. It, you know what? I was just about to say that. It kind of looks like the E.H. Taylor bottle. Pretty close to E.H. Taylor bottle. Would it be wrong of me to say that I wish it was E.H. Taylor? <laughs> uh, it's a good. It's a good whiskey. I have. I have a couple backups for that. Right off the nose, you can you can tell it's got that cognac flavor to it. It definitely. It's got like, I got some like you, definitely, and I think you say cognac, but it's definitely fruity. Yes, very fruit forward, very raisin forward. Now this is a bourbon mash bill, so it's at least 51 percent corn. Um. You, know, you don't smell that sweet corn. It's very, like, very raisiny, very grapey. White grape. Yeah, white grape coming forward on the front. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's got, I mean, it's got some ripe, ripe fruit, young. See, this, I guess the big difference to me, like, it doesn't taste like candied fruit or dry fruit. It tastes like young, like fresh fruit, right? To me. Yeah. Or yeah, taste, that's, taste, that's it smells. What I get. It smells. Alright, Scott. Go ahead, take take the first right. sip, sip there. Hmm. <laughs> it's um It's light. It's about to say it's got a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Um It's got some it does. I mean, it does have. It has a sweetness to it. I feel like you can yeah. get some of the corn on the palate. What I what I got on the nose does not translate to the palate. To the palate. Not at all. Not at all. You get a lot of fruity sweetness on the nose. You can tell it's got that cognac finishing. Um. It. Uh, candy corn. That's kind of what that flavor is on the palate. Little waxy. Not. I can see that. Um, not overly oily, but, uh, definitely some strong oak. Definitely a lot of oak there. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's not bad. There's some, you know, vanilla, cinnamon kind of on that back end there. You know, I, I am getting cinnamon. I don't know if it's fall potpourri my wife already already has mm-hmm. out. Or... Now, there's definitely some cinnamon on the back end, and that's like I guess like the uh, uh, the bitter oakness, maybe a little bit of the rye coming through. I um, I don't hate it. It's just not a lot there. It's a very light, wispy finish. And yeah, the finish is definitely light. Um, so now this was, this is one of the first ones they started out, uh, so actually bringing this in. Now they, now they make their own, they distill their own, right? Uh, no. So this, so this is not in, this is no longer in production and for okay. it's for its lifespan. Um, 
very certain it was. Uh, so th- I want to say it was two. Th- it had to be 2017 is when I got this bottle. So this is original. I'm pretty sure this is an original batch mm-hmm. um, bottle, and I don't have very much much left. Um, I think, from what I know, and I, I don't want to set false rumors, but I think the first couple runs were very well watched after, were very small production, and it got a little bit out of hand. I think they had some issues with debris from the cognac barrel making mm-hmm. it into the bottles, um, and it would kind of show up. You could see kind of like some of the slime and char and just debris from the con- from those old, old right. vats weren't getting properly filtered what you know quality control wasn't wasn't there so i think that kind of halted the production of it i would believe that they probably still have some of that floated juice in the barrel um at the distillery that maybe is not in the vat yet um and i would be interested to see if they come out with something with that this company is i mean it's small and boutique so i would imagine they're not just gonna gonna release it as aged Whiskey, it's going to have some kind of creative finish. I don't know why. I think it would be a brilliant idea if they just finished it in the rum barrels that they make. They got X rum barrels. It's all from the rum is product is great. The rum is 100% Louisiana sugarcane. They're actually the only distillery in the U.S. that makes rum. Maybe even makes a product that they own the. Grant the farming ground, the milling. They they own the entire process. So they own the plants and the, the sugar cane in the ground all the way up to the bo- the bottling process. Um, and it's actually labeled. If you if you do ever find a Caneland rum or a, a three roll rum, it's labeled uh, a state rum, and it's the mm-hmm. only only one that can claim that. It's, I guess it's a, a copyrighted or a, a right right kind of like a bottled in bond or whatever. A state a state means you have to own. The entire process apparently uh, and they're one of the only ones that do with that being said I would think it would be brilliant if you had an aged rum if you had a whiskey aged or finished in your Louisiana rum cask it seems too too easy to me the color's not bad color. yeah the color's not bad it's like a it's like a dark straw a little bit darker than straw colored a little bit lighter than amber um uh, yeah and I, I don't think not quite I would have copper. to think this is not an old, uh, an old. No, one. it's it's a it's five year it's five year juice. So once it's once it's distilled, it sits in uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, for five years, and then it's shipped down, where it then finishes. So probably and generally finishing in the United States, finishing bourbon uh, tends to be like eighteen months to you know twelve to eighteen months. Not a long time in finishing. They don't do it for years at a time, just because. Otherwise, the longer you age it, or the longer you finish something in a not bourbon, not whiskey barrel, you're going to get a lot more of those flavors to it, a lot more of those uh, different flavors. And this could have been could have been some of the problem with this. You know, if it if it didn't have the velocity as expected, and it sat in those cognac vats for longer than the original bottling, you know, it could have picked up. I don't know. Picked up some issues. Picked up some different flavor profiles. But for one reason or another, this is has got discontinued. Uh, has been discontinued. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it, from what I understand, they, they've started to make their own. So this is something they aren't going to do. They're not going to take their whiskey. You're seeing that online today. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to take their whiskey and float it up the Mississippi and then back down the Mississippi. Ah, that, yeah. that was something new and novel that they decided to do in order to bring this whiskey from Tennessee or Kentucky, wherever it came from. Down to uh, down to Louisiana. Um, I really like the nose on this. It's delicate. It's fruity. It it's got a little raisin in it. it it's got that cognac finish. You can tell it's got cognac in it. Um, yeah. Palate's not. It, it's not bad. It's not memorable though. No, it just doesn't doesn't translate. I don't know. It doesn't translate to me to uh, to the palate. The palate's the palate is really boring. The finish is better than the palate. Uh, so if I was rating these, it would go nose first, finish second, and then palate distant third. 
Yep. I mean, I'm literally so, writing boring palette <laughs> yeah, on I the mean, notes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I like I like the finish. The vanilla cinnamon finish kind of has a nice complexity to it. Um, not bad. Not not the worst whiskey I've had. It's not the worst thing I put in my mouth. Now let me tell you this: make you feel even worse <laughs> about <laughs> it. Okay. Um, this was about a ninety-nine dollar bottle retail. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, this is about a ninety-nine dollar bottle at retail. It was not cheap. This just goes to show you that price does not mean good. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a hundred percent proof. The price doesn't doesn't mean uh, mean good. I can tell you this was. I mean, it's so. I mean, obviously, y'all, got, y'all know I sell liquor for a living, but and this was in our backyard, and it was very difficult to sell. Very difficult to sell. And generally, um, if it's in your backyard, you kind of get that hey, support the local uh, kind of feel. And it, um, it, Especially if you're, it's in downtown Baton Rouge. If you're in downtown Baton Rouge, you probably have a lot of tourists, people coming in for conventions and stuff out of town. I mean, having that local product is something people would freaking jump all over. Um, had the rums, but not the not the whiskey. How are the rums? Better? The rums are better. Absolutely. Yeah, the rums are solid. Um, well, Louisiana is not really known for its whiskey. No, that's why I don't understand why they're distill it, wasting their time distilling it. I mean, there's no, there's no shame in buying. I mean, I think a bought whiskey aged in the rum barrels would be perfect for this company. Yeah, if they, if they sourced it from MGP and brought it down and Boom. aged it in rum barrels. I mean, we've seen what Bas, uh, Basil Hayden's does with, uh, yeah, uh, with, I mean, with rum casks. Shit, Balvini's most popular product. Oh, that, is, yeah, is that a, Caribbean cask. A, yeah, Caribbean cask. So, um. I like a good rum finish whiskey. I've actually gotten to know it. Pike, uh, the Pike Creek that we did, yep. um, that had a rum finish. That was really good. Only one I haven't had that I've seen, and it's just a price thing, is Jefferson's. Jefferson's, Jefferson's yeah. got a rum cast. And I just I haven't had that one, and it's always because it's an $80 bottle, and I just, I don't know. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Jefferson's, except for that Groth cask. The Groth and um, the Ocean. The Ocean's yeah. really good. I'm not a big, I don't know, I've had it. I'm just, I don't know, I'm not a mega Ocean's fan. I don't know. But I like it. I like it because it reminds me of like Lagavulin and Talisker and those briny uh, West Highlands uh, malts that are right on the ocean that are getting that sea air yeah. into the into the barrels, into the bottle, into the whiskey. Um, all right. So uh, that being said, ninety nine dollars for this bottle. That takes um, a couple. It takes a couple points off of the. Uh, certainly does. The rating there, huh? So I'll tell you what I, I, I think. I just kind of, since I finally got my freaking notebook back and I can compare it to things that I've liked and you know, didn't You know like. where I think it was? I think Jeeves had it on his jet. Or on our jet. Probably so. I wouldn't doubt and it. And Jeeves, Jeeves snatched uh, it before he uh, before he left on his holiday. His long holiday. Yeah. Yep. I'm looking, you know, I rate things like social still a 70 um, I I don't even have anything. My, my anything else? List anything here. else that I put under eighty? Eighty one. I had a uh, lore. Before lore was eighty one. That was one I didn't like. Um, let's see. The Nika Nika Pyramal was an eighty three. Uh, oh man, the Balmore Balmore fifteen was was an eighty. So those are some of the lower ones. I'm putting this at seventy four. Okay. I think it literally. I would. I would rather have this as a you know in a smell than than taste this. It doesn't yeah. do anything for me on the palate at all. I think. I, I think you're right. Um, this is definitely going to be in my lower range. Um, looking at some of the scores around this in my book, uh, that social still for me was a 74. I did like that one, but again. I, I'm looking at my notes. All of these in this range all have one thing in common. Light, quick finish. And that's what this really... The, the, that's the problem with this one. Is there's there's no oil. I'm assuming this is chill filtered. I would, I would absolutely um, imagine. Because there is a very light, thin, 
oak flavor to it. Uh, Bane's Cape Mountain, I actually give it a 72. I, I remember that being better than a 72, but uh, again, light and thin. Yeah. My lowest rating so far is a Macallan Amber, and that's a 61. So it's not going to be quite that low. Did we do Bane's uh, on a show? We did. We did Bane's on the show. I don't know where it's at in my book. Maybe I wasn't taking notes at that time. Possible. I didn't start taking notes until later. But that was uh, episode seven, I think, with uh, Tim and Adam. Yeah, I don't know. I did. Uh, I didn't start taking notes till February. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I, I would. I would probably give this one about a sixty-nine, seventy. I'll, I'll go to the. You know what? I'm going to give it a sixty-nine because that ninety-nine dollar price tag is really, really a put off. <laughs> That's irking you. Well, I mean, think of it this way: uh, Macallan Amber was sixty dollars, and I would never buy that again. Uh, if this was on the shelf, I'd probably hard pass on it at ninety nine dollars. I mean, I can get you can get bookers for less. You can get yeah, little book yeah. for less. Yeah, unless you're unless you're a collector and you think this has got some kind of novelty value. I I appreciate the novelty. I do. But I yeah. I don't appreciate the price tag Scott, on a very light finish. You bought a Pappy Ten for less yes. than this bottle. Yes, that is true. I bought a Pappy Ten, a well, uh, Weller Antique, a Stag Antique, and Van Winkle all for less than this bottle. Yeah. So. Shit, I bought I bought Damore Fifteen for less than this bottle. Like I said, there's a lot of hundred dollar bottles out there that I would I would do again before I came close to to getting this. Again, not oh, yeah, that that got a lot of oak right there. <clears throat> um yeah. not a, not a hate for this one. I'm just not I'm not going out and buying it. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um let's move on so I can get look, yeah. some, Luckily some we got a we got a <laughs> bottle of this in the speakeasy to use. Yeah. All right, Scott. Moving on to the next one. Tell right. me about the next one. All right. This one is a little different. It's still creative. We're talking about the Shackleton blended malt scotch whiskey. Now, um, for those of you that don't know, Ernest Shackleton was an explorer. He was a British polar explorer who led three different British explorations to the Antarctic. Uh, he's actually one of the principal figures of the heroic age of Antarctic exploration. The Endurance was the, the name of the ship that, that left from uh, the South, Ge- uh, South Georgia in the Weddell Sea, heading for Vashal Bay down in, uh, down in the Antarctic. So as the ship moved southward, navigating the ice, uh, the first year that ice was encountered, it slowed its progress, and eventually the ship became frozen in an ice flow. Now in the belly of this ship was 42 cases of, of single malt scotch whiskey. Okay. This sounds. This sounds like it could be an uh, SEA story. It, it could be an SEA. In nineteen, like I said, in nineteen oh seven, Ernest Shackleton ordered uh, all of these cases from Mackinlay's Rare Old Highland Malt Whiskey to accompany his journey on the South Pole. The, the voyage gets stuck in the sea. They get stuck in the ice flow, and all of these all of these bottles of whiskey get frozen inside the uh, inside the ship. Now, uh, so in two thousand eleven, the ice flow starts to melt. And the endurance is, is kind of re, uh, like found essentially in the ice flow. All of it started to recede. They've, they've exposed the ship, and in the belly of the ship, they find the, the 40 cases of rare old Highland malt whiskey from 1914. So That's these crazy. are almost 100 year old bottles of whiskey that were sitting encased in ice. They bring them out. The, now, these have sold for uh, roughly around. Hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars a bottle. Damn, for just a bottle of the actual un- untouched. Juice untouched. Here. I mean, they're 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 op- they're there. They you can drink them. It's it's perfectly preserved. Yeah, because it was it was encased in ice. In uh, in 2011, White and Mackay, uh, who actually owns a number of different uh, distilleries, Jura, Dalmore, uh, Glenmore. They actually started releasing a limited number of Mackinlay's um, rare old Highland malt whiskey. So kind of reintroducing this, this flavor profile that these whiskeys were made on. Um, 
featuring, and now that whiskey features Glenmore and Dalmore whiskeys, among others, to kind of recreate that flavor that was of the whiskey that was discovered inside the ship. Uh, so in, in 2013, they decided to release this, uh, this blended malt scotch whiskey, kind of, again, basing itself on the flavor, flavor profile of the old uh, the whiskey that was found there, but kind of just a, uh, uh, a nod to one, McInlay's old Highland malt whiskey, but also kind of a, uh, a nod to the spirit of the exploration in, uh, in British, uh, British Antarctic history. Um, now, this is watched under the hand of our, you know, one of my favorite master distillers, and that's Richard Patterson, the guy that does Dalmore, Jura. He is uh, an interesting and eccentric character. As you pour this, you'll see the color. is It's light straw. Yeah, definitely light kind of it's golden. Bl- I mean, it's dirty blonde. Yeah, dirty blonde. It's very light. But again, that's what whiskey would have been colored at the time. It would not have been um, very dark because, again, yeah, a- they weren't aging it for that yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. back then they wanted to drink that shit. They didn't have 5,000 fucking distillers like they have today making stuff like crazy. If you had, if you had whiskey back then, you wanted, to, you wanted to drink it. Get it in the barrel, age it a mm-hmm. little bit, let's drink it. So this is um, so this spends its time in ex bourbon barrels. Uh, it's it's then transferred into a vat composed of Highland single malts, which then are married in a combination of uh, ex bourbon American white oak barrels and Spanish sherry butts. So a, a butt is a smaller, longer barrel of whiskey or longer barrel than the normal. Uh, kind of more more uh, contact with the wood because it's it's not as it's not as deep not as uh, not as wide so you get a little bit of Spanish sherry in it and a little bit of uh, ex-bourbon taste to it so dig in there palate's the palate's pretty pretty open it's light I mean you can definitely tell it's scotch the malted barley's hitting all the way around oh yeah yeah definitely a lot of malted barley on there man I even I've got like chocolate happening mm-hmm. it, it's like golden grams like the graham cracker um, cereal a little bit of brown sugar not much but definitely some apple in there some honey richness yeah I get honey getting honey for sure and Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of malt it's, on this one. It's, it's a yeah, good it's, malt flavor, and it, but it's like smells creamy. Yeah, yeah, like like cereal, like milk and cereal. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's dig this palate here. I like that one. Um, the apple really hits on this one. Honey really hits. Yeah, I think that that. You, you said it's kind of got the, to me, a graham cracker, honey, like a, you said, like a Teddy Graham. <laughs> yeah, Teddy Graham's, uh, Golden Graham's, any kind of, any of those like graham cracker dusted with honey, a little bit of brown sugar, and a tiny, tiny bit of cinnamon on there. Yeah, I mean. This is a class, I, I mean, okay, okay, it's blended, so you're going to get a, pretty consistent flavor profile but this is classic Highland malt yeah this is definitely a good uh, this is an easy drinking easy drinking scotch not not too crazy but man it, it the more I take sips the more kind of complex I, I feel it is it's it's definitely got some complexities to it it's the finish I haven't really talked about it yet, but it's got like a waxy orange finish to it. It definitely lingers a little bit, a lot, well, a lot more than the OMFW. It's got a slight, like as you, as you taste it, slight bit of butterscotch, but not a ton, not as much as like Glen Ross, Glenfiddich. 
Um, a lot of that waxy orange on the back end, and, and I have a feeling that that's some of the Dalmore that comes through with this, because Dalmore has a lot of that uh, that uh, mandarin orange kind of flavor to it. Man, there's something else there on the palate that I just I can't pull out of my brain. Yeah, Richard Patterson did a nice a nice blend here. Yeah, I mean, and I get some of the citrus, the orange you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta say, I love the bottle of this. It, it's got a nice sky blue label uh, with the uh, kind of... It's kind of like a map, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a map of the Antarctic uh, uh, continent, Antarctica. At the bottom, it says, uh, Based on the antique blend of Mackinlay's rare old Highland malt whiskey, the spirits supplied to the 1907 British Antarctic Expedition. Um, and I love that there's a compass rose on the top, and it's got kind of a, uh, a, 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 a almost like a motto to it. It says, uh, by endurance we conquer, which is a nod to the ship uh, that Ernest Shackleton, uh, you know, piloted down to uh, Antarctica. Is that raised lettering on the back? Of the yeah, bottom? there's raised Pretty lettering. Cool. There's a quote, uh, and it says, I believe it is in our nature to explore, to reach out into the unknown, Ernest Shackleton. That's a pretty cool bottle. A lot of character to this bottle. Yeah. Man, this is pretty good. Yeah. Now, there's some tasting notes on the bottle, and that's kind of what Downmore does. They do a lot of that so that you can kind of get what they want you to bring out to it. Um, inspired by this original malt whiskey, Shackleton offers robust notes of vanilla. We got that. Uh, honey, definitely. Mm-hmm. A little bit of that ginger spice, and that's kind of that traditional Highland malt peppery note that you get. Uh, but here's one we didn't pick up on. Licorice. Hmm. It, it's not... See, and that could be in the finish. And that could have been kind of... Because there's something that lingers and stays with you through that finish that I'm that I'm getting. I say I kind of get it on the palate, but definitely on the finish is something just super crazy unique. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit on the... Ba- yeah, okay, yeah. It's on the back end. Now that you think about it, think about licorice... It's on the back end of that that finish there. Black licorice. Yeah. And then they say a whisper of bonfire smoke. I didn't really get too much smoke on this. A whisper? A whisper. Yeah, just a whisper. A whisper of bonfire smoke. (laughs) If if you ever want to kind of... If you have any interest in in what Richard... Like who Richard Patterson is, just YouTube Richard Patterson. He is a very eccentric guy. When they um, say a whisper, do you taste it in your ear? <laughs> he would. <laughs> um, Richard Patterson's carpet, I bet you, smells amazing. His carpet? Yeah, so what he does is how he tastes uh, whiskey was he'll first pour a little, you know, a good splash of whiskey into his into his uh, cup, swirl it around, and then throw it on the floor. Okay. Why? He says... It coats the glass. It coats it, the glass. It, it allows the glass to receive the next bit of whiskey. So it's like, you know, not a small drop, but a, a good, like, Like half. he dumps the whiskey out on the floor. He doesn't smash the glass. No, no, he doesn't smash the glass. He, he like, flings it, it, flings it okay. on, the, on the carpet, yeah. Okay. Um, and that, I guess, prepares the, the glass to receive the whiskey. Hmm. He's, a, he's a very interesting guy. But he makes some great whiskey. Down, as you know, Dalmore is one of my favorite uh, bottles of whiskey. Um, very good. Very good. Now, you ready for the price point on this one? Yeah, yeah. $32. Oh, man. This is one I think everyone should have in stock as much as possible because... It's one that's not going to break the bank. It's a good introduction to scotch. Um, it's a hell of a lot better than Johnny Walker Black. I'll tell you that. Man. And it's it's so not one. A, so a blended. It's a blend of what? What were the? So it's Glenmore. Okay. Uh, Jura. Yep. Dalmore. And hold on. Let's see what else they put in here. So 
So I'm interested where you rank this um, against like monkey shoulder. Right. So uh, with this one, uh, this is essentially a blend of uh, Glenmore, uh, White Mackey's uh, uh, Black Label that they put out, and uh, Dalmore and Jura. So good, good whiskey in here. Decent yeah. whiskey in here. And really good, really good value at, at $32. So I think it's, it is great, and I think it's a cool thing. When you look at the blends like this, that so I'm assuming all those brands you name are from the same parent company? Uh, yes, they're all from White and Mackay. Okay, so when you look at the blends from these parent companies like this, Monkey Shoulder, that's Glenfiddich, Balvini. Can, uh, Glen Can Envy. Yes, and then... Um, what's Doers, the Doers is uh, John Grant, so that's... Or, uh, no, Dewars is, Dewars is John Dewars. Yeah, I think Dewars and Johnny Walker are, are blended scotches that are there. I don't know if they come from bigger distilleries, but I'm talking about like the bargain blend. I, I call right. it a bargain, a bargain blend, right? So you just said Shackleton, 32 bucks, and you get all these great scotch, all these great yes. single malts. Oh, oh, yeah. you're talking about like the ones that are kind of unknown that have good scotch in them. Yeah, I mean like yeah. Monkey Shoulder. Monkey Shoulder's got like the, the an, uh, yeah. famous, famous grouse is McAllen Highland... Highland Park, Glen Roths. One um, one that I we we need to review because it's it, again, and we'll do a we'll do a couple of budget episodes. Yes. Um, but famous grouse, naked grouse are definitely ones you want to look out for. But all those are, are blends that you can get in that thirty sub thirty five dollar range, and mm-hmm. the, ju- the juice is all great stuff, you know. And and McAllen claims that a lot of a lot of these people are blending. So they claim that famous grouse is real Macallan juice, real Highland Park juice. So they claim, they say, and this is, I'd like to say, once again, I don't know if rumor or not, but a lot of these other brands are making the same recipe, but making the juice exclusively for Shackleton, exclusively for Monkey Shoulder, exclusively for. So when it, sit, when it hits the warehouse, they know that barrel is going to that product. Where Macallan says is, on a Tuesday, when we decide to make famous grouse, we go in and get whatever McAllen barrel is ready to go into that. It, you know, and it could have lived its life longer and became McAllen Twelve, but today, oh, it got pulled out at X years, and you know what I'm saying. So they they claim that you're really getting the same juice. It's in the same warehouse, the same barrel as everything else. It just gets pulled out at whenever the time's right for it to get pulled out. And today, it may be. Rickhouse five roast, you know, row three, you know, barrel twenty eight, and the next week it's something different. So it'll be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm definitely interested interested in doing some blend or budget episodes coming up. Uh, so when we talk about blended scotches, um, I forget what I gave uh, Johnny Walker. I don't think I've put that in my notes yet, or put that into my. Um, do you have what you gave Monkey Shoulder in there? You should. Uh, I do. Let's see here. Hold on. Look, I gotta look through my notebook here. Look, Monkey Shoulder. We talked about Monkey Shoulder a lot in the in the beginning, the infancy stages of of three sheets. We did. That three was that was back. On, well, there's three sheets and back on episode uh, three. Yeah. We talked about Lord Henry Mystic. I feel um, like it was. I feel like that was a Mikey Wisen hunt. No, it was Who's James. James. James was drinking Monkey it. Shoulder because he never had that before. No, but I'm saying I'm, no, no. I'm saying like who was someone in the group was all in, all about Monkey Shoulder. Oh, uh, oh yeah. I mean, it was Mikey and me yeah. and Chris yeah. Trostel. Uh, yeah. Back when Three Sheets started, back in 2017, Monkey Shoulder was like the thing to have. It was what everyone bought because it's it was thirty like twenty dollars. Oh yeah, it was, or less. Let's say it was like twenty five bucks or something yeah. crazy. It, it was between twenty five and like thirty dollars yeah. uh, for a bottle of Monkey Shoulder for a bottle of single malt. It's blended, but single malt scotch whiskey. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so with this one, um, I'm looking at some of the blends that I have rated. I, I don't have my Johnny Walker in my book somewhere. i got to find it. Um, I would give this one probably a 78. It's a, it's a high 70s, maybe 79. I'll give it a 79 because uh, of the price point. It's one that... It's not going to break the bank. 
it, it's something you can enjoy on a regular basis and not have to feel guilty about pouring. Um, again, a good introduction. I have it right up there with Aberfeldy 12, which is very, very similar. Orchard fruits, apples, pears, very light sherry notes. Um, and again, a Highland, Highland single malt. Um, so yeah, I would write that right there with Dewar's. Dewar's 12 is 80. Um, so yeah, I'd give it a 79. Not bad. That's where I put this. So, I don't know. I I think it's good. I think it is a little, I don't know. I mean, man, I want to like, I want to dog it and say stuff, but then when I look at the price, I'm like, man, for the, for the, this price, I mean, I think to get something this good from a big player, you're going to spend double, double money. You know, if this had a a downward, if this had a downward label on it, it'd probably be in the fifty to fifty-five dollar range. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. I say, I say it's, I'm gonna say it's a seventy-nine. I, I agree. I think it's got everything. I'm gonna match you on that. I think it's got everything you want out of a blend. Everything you want out of a, like I said, a Highland Scotch. I would not mind having a bottle of this. This would be a bottle that I could open up with friends and don't really care who drinks half the bottle. You know, it's it was it's affordable price, and I don't think any of my friends that drank it would be pissed that this is what I served them. It's one of those kind of those kind of bottles. Yeah, you're not um, gonna get mad when people drink it. I feel like it's like a it's a Buffalo Trace, right? It's it's good yes. and solid, but it's not at a crazy it's not a crazy price. No one's gonna be pissed you gave them that. And then you're not going to be pissed if they over-serve themselves. No, no. You're not going to hate it. You're not going to... It's a crowd pleaser. It's something yeah. that people are going to enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely dig this one. If, if you can find it, I highly recommend that you get it. Uh, because, again, you're not going to get... You're not going to get a better bang for your buck outside of... Um, I'd say monkey shoulders right up there. Uh, monkey shoulders a little bit lighter on the on the back end. Um, what is that? Uh, Black Bull is a, a another blend of single malt scotches that is bottled at fifty percent. So it's one hundred proof, and not many scotches are bottled there. Not many budget scotches are bottled at fifty percent. And Black Bull, I think, runs like thirty four ninety nine. That's, that is actually a really good value because you get a nice, uh, bold kick to, uh, uh, to the whiskey. You get a nice, uh, heavy feel, heavy oily feel to it. Black Bull is also really good. We have to, we'll have to try that sometime. Yes. But yeah, so, uh, McInlay's Rare Old Highland Malt, uh, flavor profile, not the actual whiskey, but a flavor profile on a whiskey from a hundred years ago. I would drink this. I would drink this all day. I would drink it too, man. I mean, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, good for good for Richard Patterson. You do you do marvelous things, sir. <laughs> I actually think he's a, I think he's a knight now, Sir Richard. I think it's Sir Richard Patterson. Oh shit! Yeah. So Scott, mm-hmm. we got we got asked by Michael Fry on the page. We talked about. Doing a a list of rare yes. whiskeys and releases, and when they're going to come out. Um, do you want to go over this in yeah. the show? And then I know that there's a great reference for this on Breaking Bourbon. Yes, um, Breaking maybe, Bourbon has a. Maybe we can a, just post the calendar on. We can post that link. That's what then, I try to do. I try to do that at the start of every month. Uh, Breaking Bourbon is a wonderful, wonderful news website um, that has a calendar of all the releases as we come up to september there are a few bottles of whiskey that you need to look out for um especially especially the uh old forester birthday bourbon now this is going to be their hottest bourbon this is it's not quite barrel proof or they don't they say it's it's one of the highest proofs that they've ever done at 105 this one's 11 years old um i've heard good things about it couple of reviews have come in already. Pretty darn good. So, all right, we're going to have to rewind on that. So you shouldn't got you shouldn't have any reviews. It doesn't come out to September 2nd, which is George Brown's birthday. Yes. 
So I don't know who's reviewed it, but it is, they've got to globe into the future because it doesn't, it doesn't get put on the market until September 2nd. This one does come out in September 2019. Breaking Bourbon actually got to, uh, got to go there and, and check it out. They, uh, went to, so they checked it out before, before the release? Yeah, they got to go taste it before the release. Um, this will be 13,200 bottles, so not many. Not many at all. Uh, they, they said it was pretty good. Interesting. I, I mean, I'm, I'm always up to taste birthday bourbon. Any anytime I see one on the shelf, uh, and it's a new year that I hadn't tasted, I get a glass. Uh, I have if never. It's, if it's affordable, I have never seen one on the shelf. I I literally said to my guy, uh, "What's new? What do you got that's new?" And he's like, "Well, we got this back here." And I was and I was. I think I texted you. I was like, "Brant, birthday bourbon, worth it." And I he's was like, like "Get it all really, you it can." Doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's like it doesn't matter. Just get it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, what did that run you? Do you remember? Uh, 89? Yeah, that's about right. So, I mean, I think it's the day you bought it, it was probably worth 400 bucks on the secondary market. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I opened it up. I've, I've, Brent, I think you've had some. Or I think we, I did have it, yeah. We've, had, we we've had some on the show. We actually reviewed it on the on a short pour. I think you're right. Yeah, we did. Um, uh, I took it down to Disney, had it at Disney. This one, this one can definitely. Uh, it was such did, back wait, 90 did bucks. I have it, or did you bring it? And then that was when we couldn't meet up because it was a torrential downpour. Right, and then I think I sent it to you, and, and, and we drank it okay. on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah. definitely drank some birthday bourbon on the show. Um, okay. This, this is their signature bourbon. It is definitely one you want to look out for. Yes, and, th- and also, this, we we talked about it last September. This kind of starts the bourbon hunting season where the the real yes. rare releases come out. Yep, um, there's a bunch of new ones from from Barrel from from uh, Barrel Barrel Vatted Barrel Private Re- Release Rum Barrel Bourbon Batch Twenty One. Yeah, they bunch, do bunch like I said, things. they do small batches for Barrel Bourbon. Um, it, it's definitely the Barrel Bourbon is definitely one that's really good. The Bourbon Cast Strength. Uh, it is San Francisco Double Gold. It won Small Batch Whiskey of the Year in 2018. Definitely get that one. Again, it'll run you like sixty bucks, but it's worth it. I'd say it's worth it. So, Four Roses, uh, the limited edition small batch, uh, should be out in September. Um, looks just like a regular Four Roses small batch, like kind of the oval-looking barrel, but it's got a big script limited edition across it. Get that if you if you see that. If you that's see it, yeah, definitely crazy. get that. Um, man, it seems every month. Barrel has got something coming out. Barrel Rye Single Barrel. Barrel Private release they're in, Octo- pushing, in October. Yeah, they're pushing a lot of stuff. So, and then uh, also in October, depending on where you're at, is when you'll start seeing Buffalo Trace Antique. Yes, um, this is the uh, Eagle Rare. Usually, what, 17? It's Eagle... Eagle Weller. Rare, Eagle Rare 17. W- William LaRue Weller. Stag. Stag, Sazerac 18, and Thomas Handy. That's it. Um, all the, the five. Um, so you have those. Pappy comes out uh, around this time, October, yeah, the, November, December. The Pappy um, Van Winkle uh, collection comes out. Again, you know, there's a lot of people that come out there and say, oh, I don't want to chase whiskey. Talk to your guy. Talk to your local guy. Trust me, they're interested in whiskey just as much as you are, and you get to know them. You get to know their name. Hand them your business card, so that when something comes in and says, you know, Brent, I tell the story every time we talk about it. Most places have a lottery. Most places have a raffle. Most places have a list of people they'll sell it to. I found a place that gets three to five bottles a year. I'm the only guy on that list. Yeah, you every. I'll buy every bottle at whatever <laughs> your price is. Just Yeah. And, and I tell them, look, I don't want to hog them, but if, if you don't have anyone else, I'll certainly buy them. Yeah. And, and it's a nice way to add to your collection. It's a nice way to uh, enjoy some really, really good whiskeys at a fair price. Because once you get on the secondary market with both the Buffalo Trace Antique and the Pappy Van Winkle collection, it gets ridiculous. Like I would, we we reviewed Pappy Van Winkle, uh, lot B on the show in one of our fine and rare cask uh, editions. Is it worth 
$400 for that bottle or $600 for that bottle. No, not at all. But at $81 for that bottle, yeah, it's pretty darn good. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's, it's worth that price. It's The inflated price is all just because of the rarity of it. Yeah. So, Scott, another thing I see on this October list is Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond 7-Year, 100 proof, 40 bucks. I think this yep. has got to be a new... I don't know if this is new, They're but bringing I, uh, back the age statement. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty cool. And that's a bucks. good... A, a, that's a really good bottle. That, I think, uh, again, that really raised up in value when McKenna Bottle in the Bond came out and yep. the whole oh let's get Shit. let's find the next budget barrel you can't and, find a 10 year now no you can't right. we don't my store doesn't carry it anymore they just can't get in stock I, I mean I have three bottles in backup but hey you do what you gotta do yeah so also October High West uh, Midnight Dram Act 7 one I'm excited about Little Book Chapter 3 yes it's coming. Definitely, we, we'll have. We'll find one of those. Definitely, we'll buy one of those. 100%. We have. Uh, we have a bottle of Midwinter's Night Dram, in the Speakeasy from Act Six. We'll have to. We'll have to try that as we get closer to October. Um, it's a really good. It, look, it's a. It's a, it's straight rye. It's all blended. It's a really good rye whiskey. You have. You have six. I think I have a five. I have Act Six. Yeah. So I think I have a five. So we may have to. I may have to crack it open. And yeah, we we'll have to crack that compare, open. We'll have to compare. taste those back to back. Maybe so yeah, maybe so we'll find a Act Seven. Uh, but yeah, we'll Little Book Chapter Three comes out as well. Um, chapter Two we talked we talked about on the show. Go back and review our short pour of that. Uh, loved that one. That was really good. Lots and lots of stuff in November as we start getting towards the holidays. Season, the holiday yeah. season. Yeah. So. Um, Angels Envy, Envy Cash Strength. Um, and then this one will big, set you back a lot. This this oh, one's pretty yeah. expensive. It's like a hundred and fifty something dollars a bottle. And then you get into Elijah Craig, eighteen twenty three years, um, eighteen year and twenty three year. Those are big big money as well. Probably the same thing, hundred and fifty plus on you those. Know, you know, and it, what's funny is you don't have the same um, hype as Pappy. 15, Pappy 20, 23, as you do uh, Elijah Craig. Elijah Craig kind of falls under the radar, but these bottles are just, I mean, they're just never seen because it's such a limited release. And again, Elijah Craig, I think, is a highly underrated bottle if you can find any of these 18 and 23s. Yeah, I have, I've never tasted the old ones. I have a, I have a bottle of 18. It's that problem of just having one, one, and not being able to find another. Oh, uh, you, you hoarder! Know. I know, <laughs> uh, but I got one. But I haven't. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, no telling. And then uh, December kind of slows down. The only big one in December I, that I know of is the Stranahan Snowflake, which uh, you, I I hear this week this year could be super interesting because it'll be the first year with a new master distiller. Post the master distiller that actually invented Snowflake. So this oh, will be really? the first Snowflake from a new master distiller. That, uh, I mean, I've always wanted to try Snowflake. That's the one you have to get from the distillery, right? Yes. Very, okay. super, super rare. It's like, but it's, I mean, it's like 2,000 bottles, but it's, you gotta, get, you know, it comes out on a Saturday, the first Saturday in December. And if you're not mm-hmm. there in the snow on Wednesday, camping out till Saturday, you're not getting it. It's like yeah. that many people. That many people travel to get this thing. But f- from what I hear, it's it is a blend of the most random and rarest cask in the distillery that it get. It's blended um, for this. And I said two thousand bottles. It's like two hundred. It's like a barrel. A barrel's worth. Yeah. I think is kind of what it what it boils down to. But I think uh, from what I heard, this guy like mad scientist this stuff. Like he'll get in throughout the year different cask to play around with different water source all kind of different crap and just basically goes to town and makes this super crazy blend and that's kind of what snowflake is i had when's the last time i went i went i did mexico this year so last year so 2018 i went so i had 2017 snowflake snowflake, 2017 snowflake um and it was pretty 
pretty damn good. You gotta like Stranahan, so you gotta like single malt. You gotta be a guy like you that you know that is a Scotch, I, a Scotch I love, drinker. I love Stranahan's. I love American single malt. That's yeah. that's my new favorite um, uh, American categories. The the single malt yeah. between Wyoming, uh, Westward. Uh, Stranahan's there, there are some Balconis there's some really good single malts I know you don't you're not a big fan of Balconis but it, it's not it's not for the uh, weak of heart I'll tell you that yeah yeah. even the single malt the, the Texas single malt is still pretty big and bold uh, we'll have to taste that on the show I'll have to make Brent taste that try it one more time and see what he thinks of it yeah we'll see so um, something else that I know that's coming I don't know if it's probably not going to be limited, but it may be, is Weeded Woodford. Yeah. Is that part of the Masters? Oh, no. That's the new, their new bottle. They're it's going to be a new bottle. Yeah. Um, but they had a, a... Straight malt last year. They had a malt. Yeah, last year. Right. Yep, they had a malt That's really last, good. We have, to, we have to try that one out. I think we have to try that one on the show. Uh, um, I really like that one. I really so like that one a lot. They had a malt, but I don't know if the malt's gone away. I think it's still on the website, but I, we it's don't have It's still there. I, I see it on the yeah. shelves from time to time. Okay. I have, I have two bottles. I have, you know, I did the Brandt thing, one to show, one to go, because this is one, you know, what I do is I buy a bottle. If I like it, I'll go buy another one so I have a backup, like I have there with E.H. Taylor. There you go. And then when, that, when, the, when the main bottle runs out, and I have only the backup. I'll go try and find another one so that I have another backup just in case. So, um, all right. Well, look, there's plenty to look forward to. Uh, like we say, if you are in the store, just chat up the chat up the guy in your in your section. Chat up the guy that runs the bourbon section. You never know what you're going to find. Yeah, I mean, just asking. Um... Literally, the question is. You got anything new, something, something interesting, something different that that you don't normally get? Yep, that's it. I think if you go in and you ask what allocated bourbons or what rare bourbons, you're going to get shot down. Oh, they, yeah. No, they're they're gonna, just trying to cherry pick and, and you know not actually yeah. looking. But if you just, as they said, Scott said, if you go in and ask, hey, what's new? You got anything Yeah, unusual off the beaten path? Um, and shit, they may show you something that they have all the time that you've never heard about. You may... You may find a gem that's uh, that's there all the time, but something you've never had. Talk to that guy. Yeah, you may get introduced to the Shackleton. You never there know. You go. There you go. So, For look, sure. we uh, we encourage you to go out and share what you find on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash BSEA podcast. Uh, it is a great way for you to join our community, join the Secret Society. Um, that's where that's where we like to show off what we've found, our tasting notes. We love hearing your reviews of stuff. Uh, I know a couple of months ago uh, we had some people reviewing the Game of Thrones uh, collection when the Game of Thrones season was ending. A um, couple of those I want to get now that based on some reviews. I've, I've kind of steered away from them because they are uh, they are mass produced for a bottling and they're not they're not highly rated. But some people have said this is good. Check this out. I do want to try the Talisker one. I think it's. Uh, is it House Tully? What's the What's the one by the ocean? I sure. forget. Yeah. I, I like Game of Thrones. I'm just not a overly nerdy about it. Yeah, um, it's not there's Tully. Some, there's some cool stuff. I don't, is there an age statement on the Talisker? It, I think it's no age statement actually. Yeah, because I know like one of like the the um, Lagavulin was like a nine. Which yeah, Lagavulin was nine. Uh, yeah. It's House Greyjoy. Greyjoy. God. I, okay. Uh, People are going to be shitting on me for, for not knowing it. But, Dude, I, um, I couldn't. T- I, I watched yeah. every single episode of every season, and I couldn't tell you half, fucking half the shit it, that I exactly. should know about it just, heart. It just slipped my mind. It's, yeah, I know, I know Theon Greyjoy. He's got no penis. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I want to try because I love Talisker. I, I really love Talisker. So, uh, like we said, go over there, check it out, share what you're drinking, and share what you've got on in your collection. Share what you find. And definitely go out and seek those rare bourbons. Uh, during rare bourbon season, this is the time for time for it. Uh, ask around; you never know what you're going to find. You could stumble across a Pappy, a George Stag, and a William Larue Weller, all in one throw. Or two Weller Twelves in the same day. Or two Weller Twelves in the same day. 
But Fold. whatever you do, if you find it, post it on Facebook so everyone can, can cuss at you. Oh, yeah. And also, make sure you share how you bring it home. Brent, I, I think I have the most intricate way of bringing bourbon home. I, I would have to say, and it rubbed off on me today. I kind of buckled him up for a photo. For a you photo did. You got to. You got to take. You don't. You look. When you have a baby, you're not going to put your baby in the car. You, when you bring home a puppy from the, uh, in your case, when you bring home a puppy from the <laughs> yeah, from right. the pound, you're not going to put it in the trunk, are you? No. You yeah. put it in the back seat. You you buckle it up. You take care of it. Definitely do yeah. that. And if you take a video, if you happen to have a car, if you happen to have a car seat, you put it in the yeah. car seat. Uh, if you want to take a video, you know, put your. Tell you what, do this. The next person to bring home a bottle, post it on the Facebook group, put your Spotify on shuffle, just randomize a song uh, from from one of your playlists, and that's going to be your personal bring home bourbon song or bring home whiskey song. There you go. So you have to have, we'll have a song for, for the new whiskey finds. I like it. Things. It's kind of like it's kind of like your walk-up music when you're like at, at bat. <laughs> you bring home bourbon music. As we finish up tonight's show, we want to tell you about the upcoming episode. Um, we're going to be drinking some high-proof uh, whiskey. So these are one's going to be bourbon, one's going to be a scotch. Uh, the first one is going to be Stag Junior, and kind of rare to find, not easy to find. Um, probably running about what forty-five to fifty bucks. Yeah, could be could be more depending on how gouging the place is because, like you said, it's not something that's on the shelf every every day. So I think I've seen this in where my area as high as seventy dollars. Oh, jeez. Well, look, if you can find it, um, pick it up so you can drink along with us. We're going to be tasting some Stag Junior. Uh, we're also going to be tasting Abelor Abenad. Uh, it's a it's a Highland malt single uh, single malt Scotch whiskey uh, from Abelor. It is uh, bottled at sixty point eight percent. That's pretty high for Scotch. Yes. Very few scotches get in the 60s. Do you see that one hanging around the shelves much where you're at? I can't tell you if I've ever saw that on a shelf. I've seen it on, I've seen it on the shelf from time, from, on a regular basis. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's much more regular than Stag Jr. Uh, price tag is going to be about $89 to $95. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's one I think you'll like. If, if you're a, if you're a bourbon fan and you want to get into scotch, this is a good way to do it because that's the, it's got that high proof, that uh, that spice to it, that big bold flavor to it. I think yep. that's one you'll like. So we're gonna be drinking those, and we're gonna be talking about uh, Mr. Blau Himmel, our blue sky, uh, our blue sky uh, SEA member. I love it. So may your time here be educational and enjoyable. And uh, tonight. As we do every show, we're going to leave you with our club mission statement. So, Brant, if you came here to learn, drink what you learn. If you came here to share, share what you drink. If you came here a stranger, may you exit a friend. And if you came here for adventure, drink, drink up. up. Cheers, Cheers, everyone. Cheers.